lost art of pre-planning earlier the job um, that has actually uh, have had a new renaissance where contractors um, and teams are pre-planning the job much more effectively and earlier on um, because they have to um, because they just can't go out on a site and just figure it out and pre-planning and prefab have been the two paradigm shifts that are going to stick with us and continue to improve and allow the contractors to be better. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. I'm excited to have on our, our special guest today, helping us celebrate our 100th episode. He's joining us for the, the second time, Tim Spino, president and CEO of E2E Summit. And it's been all the way back since episode three, since last time we chatted on the podcast when it was live in person, if you can believe it, back in 2019. Welcome to the show, Tim. Yeah. Hey, Todd, great to be here. Hey, glad to be uh, lucky number three as well. So um, how are you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for helping us celebrate uh, the big 100th episode. It's, uh, wow. it's exciting. You actually helped us launch the podcast. You were, you're episode three, but you were, we rolled out uh, like four or five episodes to, to launch it out. So you were in that original batch. Is this, is this the hundredth episode? Uh, right around it. Yeah. Uh, great. Great. Well, great to see you again, man. Yeah. Thanks. You too. So for those who don't know your, your story, Tim, uh, how'd you get involved in the construction industry? Yeah. So when I first, um, you know, when I first got out of college, I actually started in the power tool industry. So, uh, okay. My first job was just a, a marketing grunt, uh, an event grunt, uh, if you will, demo person. Uh, <laughs> Nothing with, wrong with that. Yeah, with wall, <laughs> wall power tools. Um, and then uh, my career went, um, you know, uh, progressed through with uh, DeWalt and then um, went into the electrical industry for uh, a few years uh, with Cooper Busman uh, on the product management side. Um, and then um, I got my big gig, uh, executive gig with Milwaukee Power Tools back in 2007. And uh, was with them, you know, for about seven years. And and my my all my all my experience in all my roles has always been working with contractors. And it's you know a kind of a unique uh, path because a lot of times you know from a from a consumer goods or a product standpoint, you're dealing a lot with distribution. My mm -hmm. unique uh, experience is I always was working with uh, with contractors, which uh, gave me a unique uh, perspective on the business and and the industry from that from that lens. And uh, in 2012, I started uh, my own company uh, called E2E Summit. E2E stands for Executive to Executive. And essentially, I'm a connector. So I'm a connector in the industry that connects contractors, associations, uh, uh, trade organizations with companies and technology providers, innovation uh, providers to help solve problems. And uh, that's how I make a living now since 2012. Nice. So as a connector, what's... Uh... What's something that you've learned over the, the last year that you had to switch up your game with all the, <laughs> the challenges and, and curveballs thrown our way? Well, uh, the easy answer is COVID, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, the, the, the number one thing is, is finding the right, um, uh, the right fit of people uh, that have a passion, right? An appetite. Uh, for the adoption of new technology. So it's, it's not um, that you can just you know, send over a great connection and a, and a great technology uh, company uh, software company that you know um, that's going to solve a certain problem. You have to get that that really good fit. You know, it, it has to be a fit based on um, you know their bandwidth, their um, their passion in solving the problem, 
Um, and uh, so a lot of times it's not just simply, hey, let me connect you and, and be done. Um, there's a lot of uh, discussion and, uh, and understanding true, truly the needs of that contractor and their pain points and, yeah. and, and making sure it's a good fit. Yeah. Did those conversations look different over the last 18 months or, you know, I imagine that most of that used to happen at in, in person and at different yeah. trade shows and live events and everything. And so with everybody locked up in, the, in their house, uh, how did that change the, oh, it, the dynamic of it? It's been unprecedented, unprecedented. It, you know, the, it's changed the game with everything. The, the, one, uh, the one thing I have seen, you know, with the onset of the, of the pandemic is people are looking for innovative and new ways, technology to help them in helping their workflow, their processes um, to be um, uh, more lean, um, to eliminate waste. So the, the one thing I've seen in the last 18 months, uh, clo closing on two years, uh, is is their appetite for technology and adopting technology has increased. And uh, because they clearly are f f um, having to find new ways to get the same job done, mm -hmm. uh, but in a virtual setting, I mean, just look what's happening, obviously, with, with remote um, officing. And, um, you know, that, that has been one small um, impact of the pandemic. Think about uh, now they're looking at so many new ways to get things done, get more done with less resources. Tim, as, as things are kind of opening back up, what kind of lessons do you think we can pull that are going to stay around moving forward too from the last 18 months? Or do you think things are just going to kind of revert back to, to how they were before? No, I think we've had a, a, a we have a, a, we've had a complete shift, hmm. right? A complete shift of how uh, they go into a project, um, how they um, uh, manage a pro project, uh, pre-plan the project, and execute the project. And you know, because of the curveballs given to us on every uh, every facet uh, of the job, it uh, I think our contractors have become have become better. And give you an example, probably two things that have really that I've seen in my conversations that have had a paradigm shift is one prefab um, right. clearly uh, and there's studies out there um, and I was involved in one with Electri International where the more prefab that uh, people um, that a company had in delivering a project uh, obviously the less impact they had with any job site um, uh, impact related to the pandemic and, and the waste associated with new things that they needed to do that they didn't have to do pre-pandemic sure. and then pre-planning the uh, you know the, the the lost art of pre-planning earlier the job um, that has actually uh, have had a new renaissance where contractors um, and teams <clears throat> are pre-planning the job much more effectively and earlier on um, because they have to um, because they just can't go out on a site and just figure it out and pre-planning and prefab have been the two paradigm shifts that are going to stick with us and continue to improve and allow contractors to be better. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you say, bring up the, the pre-planning part of it. It's, it's always been a perplexing component to me of, of why people don't take the time on the front side to think through and, and plan it out. To, to me, it just seems frankly quite logical <laughs> that, that you would take time, think through it, kind of map it all out. Obviously, there's going to be things that come up and you have to adjust on the fly. That's yeah. life and construction. But you know, Tom, if, 
I'll add to that though, yeah. you know, understanding, um, you know, the situation, especially the subcontractors, you know, they're, they're a lot of times the last ones to get the, 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 the design sure. uh, to do the work. Um, they're the last one, obviously to, you know, the MEP contractors, you know, they're the last one to get on a site to do their work. Um, and what happens is with, whether it's a GC or whether it's the owner, when the schedule, you know, constricts, you know, they don't allow them and say, okay, well, we, we've lost three months on this job. We're going to give you more three. We're going to give you three more months. Now it, it, it get pushed the risk and, um, and the schedule, um, overruns gets pushed to the MVP trades and they have to deal with it. You know, right. uh, it's not a one-to-one they've lost a bunch of time up front doing the other phases of construction, you know, their pre-planning side, their financing side. Um, and then they're, you know, and they say, okay, well, we've lost three, six months, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you that three to six months back to the MVPs. They don't. Right. So they have the job to take half the schedule they had to do the same job. Uh, and by the way, maybe the designs aren't that great even at that point. So um, that's where they had to be, you know, work smarter, not harder. And that's right. where the pre-planning and, and the ad and, and integrating um, uh, pre, uh, prefab has really been a tool to allow them to be successful and to control their destiny. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I, it's a, it's a broken workflow that the mm. trades are not in on the, the front side of the conversation for sure. And I think it's to your point, it's, it's why the trades took it upon themselves to get creative and really latch on to prefab because they had to, in order to just kind of survive. And, and so there it's an interesting dynamic, I think now in the industry, because a lot of the uh, innovative mindset and the growth mindset is happening in the MEP space. Yeah. I, I don't think perception has caught up to that reality yet <laughs> that the MEPs are the ones leading the charge, but MEP is leading the charge for sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting just culturally, I will tell you, um, if you ask any, uh, you know, mechanical, uh, piping or electrical, um, um, worker out there, you know, they've been doing prefab, um, you know, their whole career. Yeah. They just have always prefabbed at the site, you know, in their workstation in their area, and then they apply it. So right. what the good thing is you're seeing that prefab getting more, um, uh, more compartmentalized, you know, within the, the company and the support of the company and obviously maybe off site. But the interesting thing is one thing I have learned uh, is the tradespeople have always done their prefabbing just because that's how they control their destiny for that, that day at work. Um, and now uh, the nice thing is you're seeing a lot of those, um, uh, those best practices now being blown up, doing off site and maybe, um, you know, investing in space and, and actually not a dedicated operation of prefab, you know, at their, um, at their facility, at their headquarters. Do you feel indestructible? Well, do you? Then MEP Force 2021 is the event for you. It's the gathering place for industry thought leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry-led and driven, meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 70 breakout sessions. So you will be getting real life, practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, we'll be having some in-person networking events in Atlanta, Austin, and Denver. Excited to see people in person. Go over to MEPForce.com to claim your edge today and use promo code BTG to save almost 50% on your ticket.
Looking forward to seeing all my innovators at MEP Force. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's a, a common piece of wisdom in the industry that you don't think is accurate? Um, I, my thought is um, really the adoption and implementation of, of technology. Hmm. The, the wisdom I would give is you know, we all know and we all know it's difficult and we all, you know, change is difficult. You know, if, if, if the, I think many people have done this, if you, if you cross your arms like this, like, you know, the normal way, you know, now cross your arms the other way, you know, right. the, <laughs> the other way, it, you know, it's just, it's that loss of familiarity that is scary and it's real. I mean, just you know, do it yourself right, while you're watching the, the, the podcast or, the, you know, this, um, uh, this podcast, the, um, so the, the wisdom I would give is to get the people that are implementing and are going to be impacted all the way down to the frontline worker in this change in technology and onboard them essentially, you know, um, you know, do the, the, you know, the non-technical things, which is, you know, un, you know, explain to them why you're doing this, explain to them how you're, how you're doing it, explain to them what they should expect, you know, and, and, and it's really that, um, that onboarding, if you will, and, and, and that emotional um, uh, connection that you have with all the people that are going to be connected to this new technology, this new workflow software, this whatever that you're doing, this change in their familiarity mm. is do the ton of work that needs to be done to get them on board, to get their input, to get their skin in the game, right? And then have constant feedback loop and, um, and just cater to the emotional side of adopting uh, technology, not just... Mm the tech technical side of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard of the book, how to fly a horse by Kevin Aston? No, no. how to, uh, uh, how to fly a horse by who? Kevin Aston. He's the, the guy that created the whole concept of IOT internet of things. Huh. Uh, it was recommended to me by actually a past guest, Renee Morcos, uh, several episodes back. Uh, and it's all about the, the history of creativity and innovation and the mindset and what leads up. Uh, so I'm reading it right now and it's super fascinating. It's exactly what you were just saying of change is hard and how it, we speak that like we, we like creativity and we try to incentivize creativity, but the reality is that humans are, are hardwired to do the exact opposite and to shut down creativity and to shut down innovation. And when something new and different comes up, you're going to meet a much bigger resistance. And so as an innovator, you have to go in there expecting to be shut down and pushed kind of to the sidelines pretty hard. And the harder you're, you're pushed to the sidelines, the more likely you're onto something that's it's pretty change-worthy and, and innovative and, and pretty cool. But uh, it's, you, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. It's frustrating for those people. It's, it's, you know, sometimes, a lot of times I would say it's demoralizing when it's also being forced upon them without their input, feedback, you know, and, and understanding of, of why and what the end goal is, what's the end goal. And also that this may just completely flop. This may completely fail. Right. But we're going to learn a ton along the way. And, and you're an integral part, you know, of, of this whole process. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other uh, can of worms there too, of, of redefining failure and embracing it that, you know, construction failure is a, it's a bad four letter word. And, everybody's incentivized not to fail, which obviously nobody wants to wear the, the big F of failure on them. But I, I think if we 
change it to what you were just saying of you're, you're going to be learning insights along the way. Not everything that you do is, is going to be a, you know, home run smash out of the park. You're going to have to figure out how to pick yourself back up and, and, and learn from something that didn't go the right way and figure out what to do better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you see is the, the biggest opportunity in the construction industry moving forward? You know, I, I think the, the biggest op opportunity, in my opinion, is with the onset of, of technology and innovation and us uh, just, you know, implementing uh, some really cool uh, technology, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's 3D and, uh, and modeling, um, you know, whether it's you know, augmented reality, you know, whether it's uh, IOT, you know, um, it, uh, I really think technology can be a, a tremendous pull factor um, for the next generation of, of workers mm -hmm. to come into the uh, con construction industry for a career. Mm -hmm. When they see that they can have, have access and had the most technologically advanced workday or to work with some of the most technolo technologically advanced um, uh, hardware and software. And you know, I just think um, the technology and the software and, and, and how we're evolving from a construction industry can, can be a huge factor to try to promote our career mm -hmm. um, for other people that are not looking at construction as a career path. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there's a, there's a big perception problem of, of what the construction industry is. And we don't do a, a great job telling our story of the technology and innovation that's happening in this right. space to those outside. And it, it can be a huge differentiating uh, factor for a company, you know, for, to, to hire, uh, to hire talent, to get talent, to retain talent, but also from a business development standpoint, you know, when, when you're going to a customer or a general contractor and you're showing them how much you have invested in technology and, and how um, advanced the, uh, you are from a workflow standpoint, um, you know, you can, you, you can get more jobs. You can, you can get stronger relationships um, be, because if they're seeing how you're doing it, and the investment that you're taking and the commitment that you're taking related to technology and innovation versus someone that's still, you know, performing the work the way it was in the seventies. Right. Um, it's a huge competitive differentiator for a company and to, but don't do it just for back end, you know, back office synergies, put it in the forefront and use it as a marketing uh, tool to get more business and, and attract and retain better talent. Yeah. Well, it has to be really integrated and become part of the cultural DNA of the company. Yeah. I think in order to, to really be successful and see the, all the total benefits that you can, mm -hmm. uh, how would you encourage people to share that story of, of technology and innovation more to, to pull in that wider and, and yeah. more diverse audience? You know, it's uh, it, this is, this is a direct answer, maybe an indirect answer to that question a little bit, but you know, I, I take a look at what, uh, what the military does. Uh -huh. If you Google, uh, if you Google, um, you know, the evolution of the, of the soldier, you know, they, what will come up is you'll see a soldier from World War II and what they looked like, you know, what their, what their equipment was like. And, you know, and what's really very, very important is that soldier, um, you know, man or woman in, in uh, you know, in the World War II, the, uh, they, it's the same person, you know, it's the same physiology, same DNA, 
they're leveraging um, you know technology and equipment available at the time. Then you take a look at the current soldier, you know, compared to the World War II soldier. And that current soldier, again, same person, same physiology, DNA, <clears throat> but look at the equipment and the innovation and the connectivity of that current soldier. And uh, and it's right there when you when you Google it. And then mm-hmm. then you take a look at they'll see the soldier of the future, you know, you know uh, DARPA and what DARPA is doing. You know, all it is is again same exact person, DNA, physiology, but leveraging equipment, connectivity, and and innovation and technology to do their job more effectively. And if you take a look at um, all the numbers that they 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 track based on the effect, effectiveness and the safety and the well being of you know of of, of that soldier, it is a hundred times uh, impacted based on where they are going to where they were, you know, uh, 50 years, uh, 60 years ago. Create a common data environment for your team with 360 Sync. 360 Sync automatically transfers, organize, and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM 360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360 Sync for more information. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, is there something piquing your curiosity right now in the industry? Well, uh, the one thing is I take a look at, if you were to take a look at a, uh, of a construction worker, right? Uh, MEP, um, uh, uh, MEP contractor, MEP worker from World War II mm-hmm. and see what's changed from then till now. You know, there's been, uh, you know, there's some safety equipment that's more standard. You know, uh, you've gone to cordless tools versus corded tools. But all in all, it really hasn't changed that much. You know, they're still doing a lot of the same things and leveraging the same tools and equipment and technology that they did, you know, 60 years ago. And that's, you know, that's the difference. If you were to take a look at, you know, what does the future construction worker look like? If you were to, if you were to map that the way other industries have done, whether it's military or agriculture, I think, you know, there's going to be a renaissance for construction because, um, because I think it's required now. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, and and the one thing I would, I would say is look at the evolution of the family farm, look at the evolution of, of agriculture, look at how they, they go, um, you know, in, in agriculture today versus they did in the turn of the century or turn of the 19th, uh, 20th century. Construction is, is following the same path. We're just a hundred years late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ag has totally, it's an entirely different industry now compared to what it was hundred years ago, for sure. All impacted by technology and, and, and new, new ways and workflows and, um, and essentially the industrialization of agriculture, much like yeah. the factory first, then agriculture and construction is going to be the very uh, similar way. Yeah, I agree. So if you could wave your magic wand and innovate one thing in the industry, what would it be? That's a great question, Todd. My thought would be the the pilot, <clears throat> the, the pilot of adopting new technology. So the art and the commitment of testing and trial and error uh-huh. 
um, it, you know, one, it's a commitment to, to do it, right. To, to do it, you know, to do it to yourself in terms of, you know, all of our contractors have their own facilities, their own warehouse, their own projects, you know, tested on themselves first, but it's that R and D it's that trial and error, uh, pilot, um, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical industry has clinical trials. Well, you know, how much are we trying and, and, and doing R and D, uh, to adopt new technology to see if it works and to kick the tires and to see and actually hoping it would fail to understand why it failed and 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 how you can adjust so i think it's the art the commitment of the pilot the test and test and error uh, or the trial and error side of adopting mm. technology that needs um i i would hope that that would be uh be as be as important um, as estimating jobs. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, you got a lot going on. How do people get a hold of you and find out more information? Uh, it's very easy. There's only two Tim Spinos on LinkedIn. <laughs> that makes um, it easier. <laughs> I, I, I have not, I've not met the other one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, all my information's on there, connect with me, but, um, it, uh, yeah, very easy to find me on LinkedIn. So nice. And you got talk coming up soon, right? Yeah, we have the Industrial Grade Innovation Conference in uh, August 17th uh, in uh, St. Louis. So it, um, uh, it's it been a just refreshing to actually do an in-person event again. And yeah. there we have, uh, we have a great turnout. Um, we have some great technology and innovation on display for hands-on. We have some great speakers and content. And, and most importantly, we just have a great group of people assembling in St. Louis that will be able to share a drink with and a cold beverage that we haven't been able to do for 18 months. Yeah. Love it. That's always a, a great one for sure. Yeah, great. And then you're going to be joining us as a, a moderator of one of our, our roundtables yes. at MEP force two weeks after <laughs> your, your event. So August, <laughs> thanks for August, pulling double August, duty here. <laughs> August 30th, right, Todd, right. August I, 30th. It kicks August off. 30th. That's right. That's right. Yes, I, I will be early. I promise. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, I've always, I've always enjoyed the MEP force. I think, you know, one, one plug from my, my, uh, podcast, uh, bridging the gap. Number three is, uh, is that community that you all have created with MEP force. You know, if, uh, if you're a VDC or involved in VDC or, or, uh, modeling or, or pre-planning, uh, pre-construction, um, you know, MEP force and, and what you all are doing, uh, is creating a community that they can go to, to connect, share best practices, show your scars, show your battle wounds, right? And, uh, and just enjoy the, the, the fellowship of, of what you all do day in and day out to help each other and, and, and you know, to, to raise the level of play and, and, uh, and execution uh, and performance. And, um, you know, just the people that you gather uh, and assemble, um, that's a key ingredient. That's a key ingredient to take what we're doing to the next level. It's all about leveraging your friends and, and peers and uh, and just sharing those war stories and uh, putting your heads together and figure out what you would do differently next time. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we put a lot of time and uh, attention behind the, the community aspect of it. And uh, it's always my favorite part is to to get to mingle with all the, the people coming to the event and, and hear all their, their stories because they're always good. <laughs> I know you might, you might have that. You might need to have a podcast just dedicated to a bridge, the gap, a bridging the gap, just dedicated to what your, what, what your, what your battle wound. That's what, right. Uh, I like that. Uh, 
right? <laughs> Don't so. be surprised if that comes up in the next hundred episodes. I like that idea. <laughs> uh, well, final question for you, Tim. What yeah. does innovation mean to you? What innovation means to me, to me, um, it's the lifeblood of what we do. It's the lifeblood of everything that we do in our jobs. It's the lifeblood of some of the connections that we have with people. It's the lifeblood of, of our performance. Uh, it, is, it, it is how we grow um, in everything, professionally and personally. So innovation, you know, imagine, you know, a car without gasoline, right? <laughs> imagine your, your, your human body, you know, without, without blood. And innovation is the, the life force, right? For, for us to do what we need to do personally and professionally. And it's, um, it, it's everything. Yeah. Amen. I always enjoy this. It's, it's great for, yeah, it's great for me also to, to formulate, you know, my, my thoughts on things. Cause you know, I have feelings about how I feel about these things, but to articulate them. Yeah. It's uh it's a whole nother story. You know, I feel, I feel about innovation, right. I, I have feelings about it. Um, I'm passionate about it. I love it, but it's, it is difficult to articulate what I'm feeling because I'm never going to do it justice. Uh, oh to, yeah. To articulate how important innovation is um, based on how I feel. Um, I just wish, you know, it's kind of like your family, you know, how do you really articulate and tell them how much you love them? Right. And that's a little bit about innovation for me, right. It's uh, it's just tough to, it's tough to articulate exactly how, how much, how important it is. Yeah. Well, I think it comes out in the passion and I think that more than shines through when you speak about it, Tim, thanks so much for, for coming on. It's always, always fun to talk to you. Uh, thanks Todd. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. Tim started the conversation by talking about the importance of finding people who have shared passions and connecting them together. I would encourage all of you to do the same. Put yourself out there and gather others who are seeking to bring the innovation and change needed. There's a groundswell happening in the construction industry, but it will take all of us pushing to continue the forward momentum. Second take. I've mentioned this a lot, but I'm a big proponent of taking time at the beginning of something to think through the process and map it out on a white sheet of paper. I firmly believe if you take time before you start something to think it through, you are better able to change and adapt when challenges arrive. Finally, change is scary. It's part of being human. No one likes the loss of familiarity as Tim put it. When you are rolling out a change, explain the why to all those impacted seek their buy-in and create feedback loops. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor applied software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.